and welcome to another episode of Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck, and we have such a fun guest in the studio today, Julie Lauren. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome. We have been chit-chatting for the last 30 minutes. Literally for 30 minutes. I think we know... All the same people. All the same people. <laughs> and we've just met. So we I, met truly a week ago. Yeah. So I think that this is the beginning of a very budding friendship. Beautiful friendship. <laughs> yes. No, I, we really just sat here for 30 minutes before we started recording, just talking about every, everyone we know in common on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, Which is a lot of people. <laughs> Especially for two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, probably master networkers. Uh, truly. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, I know her from here, her from here, that one from Emory. That one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, by way of background, Julie Lauren is a podcast host. She has her own podcast, Hashtag No Filter. She's a digital marketing strategist. And frankly, she's a jack of all trades. <laughs> so we have a lot of ground to cover today because she has quite an interesting story that involves a lot of different pivots. Mm -hmm. It's very true. There's a lot. She was like, how should I introduce you? And I'm like, it's a little confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue to get right into it. So Julie, do you mind taking everyone through a little bit of your background? Yes, I will keep it short and sweet, but uh, I immediately from college, I worked in the fashion industry. I got my first job actually at Intermix on South Beach on Collins uh, when I was going to University of Miami. And from there, I knew I wanted to work in fashion. So I graduated. um, I transferred from University of Miami, but I graduated from college and I immediately worked in fashion. So I was working on the buying side at J. Jill and then the wholesale side at Oscar de la Renta. And that brought me back to New York City. And after a couple of years in fashion, I started a lifestyle blog, a fashion and lifestyle blog. So I, um, it, this was in, uh, this was in, when was this? This was in 2011 when I started my blog and I started freelance writing. I've always loved writing. And before I knew it, I started freelance writing for people, for other people. And like, I didn't know what I was doing. I had never done this before. So I started freelance writing. Then when social media became more of a thing, I started helping people with their content for social media. And soon after that, by way of a few different jobs, I started doing digital marketing as that became more of an actual industry and um, doing social media content creation. I had my own blog. I wrote a book. I started a podcast during this time and um, that kind of all was happening for a while. And then I started working in talent management. I worked for a talent agency for a while because I had a lot of experience working with influencers. Um, And then from there, I worked at a tech startup, a dating app. And then from there, I went back to working with clients. And um, now I'm actually about to that like, I don't want to talk too much about it yet because still figuring it out, but I'm about to be working, which is actually how Jacqueline and I met with a very cool company that has to do with podcasting. Very cool. In a nutshell. I was going to say, you weren't joking when you said you've no, done a lot. It's so, and I, it's so funny. Like that, that one question, like I, I, you, I love being on a microphone. I put me on the stage. I'm happy. But when I'm asked about my background, I like tense up because it's so confusing. So I don't even know if I said it all but I hope I did. Well, what do you think is confusing about it? Well, we kind of said this before we started recording that it's cool that I've had all these different, this zig and zigzags of my career, but it's also been a tough spot because I'm a generalist, right? So I have all these different skill sets, which someone might say that's amazing. Well, it is until maybe you're looking for a job and they're like, what are you looking for? This is so confusing. So it can come time. It can sometimes pose a, a challenge, honestly. 
I, I completely understand that. And I, that's such a great topic to dig into. And so I'm going to make us dig into it. But listening to your background, there seems to be a very clear narrative and through line. Tell me what it is. Well, it seems like, A, you were building on every past experience that you had. You were, I always like to say, picking up tools for the toolbox every step along the way. And it always has to do with messaging and people. Very true. That's very true. So there you go. Maybe it's not so confusing. Wait, did you just figure out my life? So I'm never going to therapy again. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you, can, you can write me a check at the end of this. Fair. <laughs> Perfect. Well, okay. So let's go back to this idea of generalist versus specialist, because this is such a great topic and there's so many different angles to go in. So when you say that being a generalist has been great, how has it served you in the past? I would say it served me. And I think a lot of this stems from, um, we didn't, we didn't even touch on this, which we don't need to, but I moved like 15 times in my life because of my dad's career and whatnot. And, you know, I, that makes me a very adaptable person. And I, I liked it. That's, I like to think I can adapt to any situation. Um, so in terms of being a generalist, I have all these different skill sets, which makes me very adaptable at different companies with different clients. And I, and so it served me because I do have all these different skill sets. So I can offer a variety of things, a variety of services, uh, you know, to the people that I work with. So that's how I would say it served me. That resonates a lot with me because I called myself a social butterfly growing up. Oh, I could totally see that. We would have been best friends. Like if we met, you know, if we met earlier on, well, we've met and we still will be best friends now, (laughs) but I always say, because I had different pockets of friends and because I had different groups. I mean, I always did a lot of different things. So I was on dance team. I was in chorus. I was in the AP classes. I was social. So there were lots of different people that I hung out with. And I agree with what you're saying about being adaptable. And it almost sounds like that flexibility that you adopted really has to do with emotional intelligence. God, you're good. You're good. (laughs) I'm in therapy right now. Uh, No, I I think you're right. I think, you know, I I definitely, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but I definitely have, um, you know, we all have our own. Do you curse on your podcast? Would you like me to refrain from saying a bad You're word? You're allowed to say okay. whatever comes out of your mouth. Because <laughs> on hashtag no fill, we go, we go out. I was just saying we all have our own shit, but yeah. I, um, you know, can sometimes I think I'm harder on myself than I need to be. And so while these are great things and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like I am super adaptable and emotionally intelligent and all that. It's like imposter syndrome, you know, sets in. So that's. Well, that, that kind of is a good segue to what you were saying about how being a generalist has presented challenges. Mm-hmm. So how do you think those challenges have manifested? I would say it uh, mostly if I'm applying for a job or a position um, or to work with a client or, or even the simple question of what do you do? Like, I'm like, well, <laughs> or like, what's your background? And I'm like, uh, so I think the challenge probably, and maybe I need to stop looking at it as a challenge. Like I'm sure it's in psychologically, I'm just like screwing myself up. I, why is it a challenge? It should be a great thing. But I think it's posed a challenge because if someone's like, what do you do? Like I had, a, I hadn't, I didn't have a resume for a really long time. Cause I just ended up falling into different jobs and whatever. More recently, I put together a resume. I sent it to someone and they were like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, it literally looks like I'm scatterbrained. Like I don't have, so I think that's how it's posed a challenge because they think I'm like schizophrenic. Well, what do you like doing? 
Right. Um, so I, I love podcasting, you know, so I, that's why I have my podcast. It's not that I make all this money for my podcast. I love doing it. Um, right. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. I love organization. I love, I love, um, you know, helping people grow their businesses, not in the way that you do, but like, you know, helping them, whether it's with like content creation or, yeah. so I like doing a lot, but I also loved working with the dating app. I love talking about dating. I, I mean, there, you know, it's like, this is, this is the part where I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, what about working with the dating app did you like? It was, well, it was just very cool that to work with a tech startup from the beginning was the coolest experience. Um, and I, you know, I was single part of that time cause I just come out of my divorce. So it was kind of cool being on the front lines of a dating app. Um, yeah. I also was helping them to build out their matchmaker strategy. I love doing that. And I was planning events, their events for their members. And I love doing that. So I just, it was, and it was just a great team, a great culture. So it was just a fun, I think probably why I loved it is because I got to do a lot of different things. You're a people person. I am. You are too. Thank you. <laughs> I like to think I am. Well, what's so interesting to me about what you're saying is I feel like in a completely different context, it's me. Yes. So, and I, just to share a little bit about my story, Please. I was on wall street for 13 years and I did real estate, private equity, but I was the squeaky wheel from 22 years old who said we can hire better. Okay, Jackie, go build a hiring program. We can train better. Okay, Jackie, go build a training program. I was the relatively cheaper labor that they were getting for no additional cost, right? Where I could fill the gaps internally. And I liked doing that. I liked being an internal problem solver. I liked the people aspect. And one thing I realized was the more senior I got, the more pigeonholed I got. Yep. And that didn't sit well with me because I like strategy. I like organization. I like figuring out the puzzle pieces mm -hmm. and putting them in the right place to get stuff done. Yes. Right. And that sounds exactly like what you're saying. hundred percent. And part of the reason I launched my business and part of the right, reason that's what you're doing now, you're literally what doing. doing what you're best at and what you love. And it's so interesting to me because this idea of generalist versus specialist mm -hmm. you need both in an organization mm -hmm. because the specialists are the people who really understand what's happening. They're the people who can really, you know, understand the technicalities behind whatever is getting done that needs to get done. Yep. The generalists are the people with the big picture mindset that gets that help connect the dots, connect and, the dots yeah. and move stuff forward. Yes, exactly. We are very similar. That's exactly, you articulated it much better than I could have probably, but yes. I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that. We'll work on that. We can talk after Thank this. You. It's that imposter syndrome. No. Okay. So talk to me about imposter syndrome. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I keep mentioning that word to my mom and she's like, what is that? Is that like a Gen Z term? I'm not, I'm millennial, by the way, <laughs> making that clear. No, that makes two of us. No, yeah. There you go. But I, I, I feel like imposter syndrome has been this thing like more, and maybe it's just because I'm talking about it. So it's like shows up on my phone more or whatever. But I think sometimes and obviously comes down to self-confidence and self-esteem and our own shit. But, you know, like sometimes maybe, well, imposter syndrome, I mean, I don't know the exact dic dictionary definition, but imposter syndrome is when you don't feel like you deserve or you're worthy, right? Or worthy of that position or mm -hmm. that role. And so why do I, like, I don't know. It's obviously something that's innate in me that I and sometimes like, but then when I'm really good at something, like if I'm like, I know I'm killing it doing X, Y, and Z, like, I don't necessarily celebrate that, but I'm like, I know I'm good at this and I feel, you know, but sometimes that imposter syndrome of like, Julie, you're 
you're too young or you're too that or too old or that. I don't know. I don't know where it stems from. I wish I had a better answer because I'm working on in therapy. So I'll bring my therapist on. We're a big proponent of therapy here. We are. <laughs> well, so I'm a big believer that words mean different things to different people. I think imposter syndrome is one of those buzzwords that has gotten a lot of publicity recently, but I think you're right that most people take it to mean that they don't necessarily feel deserving of whatever position they find themselves in. And there is an element of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I always like to joke that unless you're doing brain surgery or some type of medical position or something that requires a lot of technicality, Mm -hmm. you probably can fake it till you make it. Totally. But, but again, what you're talking about is that self limitation that we put on ourselves, that limiting belief. And you brought up earlier too this idea of self-criticism and being your hardest critic. Mm -hmm. So how have you managed that as you've pivoted and navigated through so many different seasons of your career? There have been ups and downs. <laughs> there have been moments where I, uh, you know, um, and I, like I said, I don't necessarily celebrate all the things, but like right now with what I'm doing with work, it feel, I think it's like this um, intersection of a bunch of different things. So if I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I'm good at what I'm doing and I, like, I know I'm good at what I'm doing and I can get the job done. And, um, you know, the people I'm working with, like, there's like, this has to be this like perfect combination. Nothing's perfect, but this little combination. Um, I forgot your question, but I'm, am, oh, about how I've navigated it. Yeah. <laughs> I got sidetracked. Um, but how I, you know, and how I navigate that. So I, I guess I'm sometimes my hardest critic when I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. And I don't even know how to eloquently speak about it because I don't have an answer, but sometimes I just get hard on myself or, or it's like, if, um, uh, it's not like, if I can't figure something else, I'm incredibly, I will figure it out. Like I will Google till I know exactly how to do it. I taught myself how to do my podcast. I taught me, you know, like I'm good at that, but I don't know when that sets in. I truly don't know the answer. Can you help me as a coach? <laughs> like, how do you deal with your, like when your clients that might have that problem? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think most everyone has self-criticism. Yeah. Right. As you're talking, I wanted to ask you, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? I'm not. That's what's interesting. I I am not, I'm not type A. I am not a perfectionist, but I do like, I will get the job done and I won't get it done sloppily. I will figure it out and it will be done fine. But I'm not one who's like the T is just a little, I mean, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm working on like a graphic for someone, yeah, it needs to be perfect, but I would not consider myself a perfectionist. That's interesting. I'm very hard to figure out. I'm very hard to figure out. No, I, that's really interesting because you're, you're, talking and I'm like, is she an overachiever? No. Is she a perfectionist? No, I work hard, but yeah. I'm not. But you can figure it out. So yeah. I know a very wise woman, Tip, who told me when I was dealing with this, because it's still something that plagues me, sure. right? I think it plagues everyone. And I think no matter how much you work on something, you can lessen it, but it doesn't necessarily go away forever. To make a list of all the times that you were able to either take care of yourself or figure things out or do whatever it is that you feel self-conscious about doing and counting the times that you've done it in the past so that in the present you actually recognize how much you've actually helped yourself. I love that. Kind of like when people have like gratitude jars, right? Or like when they write down what they're grateful for and if they're, you know, waking up feeling a little depressed and they look at it and it reminds them of all they have kind of thing in a different way. And it goes back to what you were saying about not necessarily celebrating the small wins. 
Right. And it's a really hard thing to do, especially if, you know, you're not a stranger to either self-criticism or critical environment mm-hmm. around you, mm-hmm. right? You you adopt behaviors where you can be really hard on yourself. Yeah. And so it's about just recognizing the good that you're doing and celebrating the small wins so that when the big wins come along, you're practiced in celebrating them. And we're just wired as humans to the neg to go to the negative. It's so much easier. And I consider myself an incredibly positive person. I'm very optimistic, but, um, and I am very, I think like jovial and whatever, but I do think like we're wired a certain way. So like, rather than celebrating the wins, it's like, I don't know, you just go to the negative. Well, what could I, Oh, did I do, did I, did I, was I deserving of that? Like, it's just like your brain is wired that way. Yeah. And it takes a lot of practice to pivot from that. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. Yeah. yeah, Harder as you get older, I think actually. (laughs) Well, what is it? A tiger can't change their stripes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can't teach an old dog new tricks. All the tropes, right? You get set in your ways, all that Exactly. It becomes habitual. It's habitual thinking. Yeah. Are you someone who likes to cross things off a to-do list? Yeah, I do like it. I bet you do. I bet you do. I do. Yeah, I do. I love it. Even if I finish it, but I hadn't written it down, I'll sometimes write it down just so I can cross it off. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) And it goes back to this idea of organizations needing both skill sets. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like the skill set that you're speaking to is, again, the people orientation, the emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm how to navigate complexity, mm-hmm. how to get stuff done. Get it, stuff done. Yes. That's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, what are, what's one of your biggest skills? And I say, I just get shit done. Get shit done. And then I'm like, I, I don't know what that means, right. but that's what I do. Just get it done. Like get, get there's it done. a list of things or a list, a bunch of emails in your inbox. Just answer them. Just get it done. You just yep. get it done. You yep. move the ball forward. Yes. Right. And that skill set is so important in an organization. Mm-hmm. And I have seen organizations where one skill set is very much so favored over that generalist skill set and it's pushed people out. Interesting. And I've seen places suffer because of that. It's so true. I mean, when you talk, when we talk about it like that, it's so true. It's so, so true. Like they need, they need general generalists like us, but specialists are just as important because like you said, the more technical, like the technicalities of things, you know, specialists have a very big purpose too, but they're both important. Well, and I think it goes back to the idea of having diverse perspectives and skill sets and mindsets mm-hmm. in an organization. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the differences is what makes the whole better. Yep. That's it's so true. That might sound a little rainbows and unicorns. I liked and it. I, sometimes we need rainbows and unicorns and fairies. Right. <laughs> but, but I truly believe that. Yeah. And there's a lot of empirical evidence that actually supports that to mm-hmm. say people who have different backgrounds, people who come from different cultures, people who have different skill sets, you solve problems better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that's why it's like when, um, friends go into business together, just business partners and you have two totally different skill sets. That's like, that's a good thing to have two different skill sets. Complimentary. Yes. Exactly. So now that I know we're going to be focusing on the positive for the rest yes. of this conversation, yes. let me ask in reflecting on those skills that you do have, mm-hmm. I know I have already asked you how they served you, yeah. right? What do you think it's taught you about business? Yeah, good question. Um, and also, I don't want people to think I'm a negative Nancy. I'm very positive. You're not coming off and negative. Very, but I, these are like true, like, you know, vulnerable topics that I literally work on in therapy. That's so. what <laughs> we like to do here at Worked Up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how, what has it taught me about the workplace? 
how are we doing back there? <laughs> what has it taught me about the workplace um, or it, w- the work environment? I mean, I, it goes back to getting shit done. Like I know how to get shit done. And even if I don't know how to do the thing that I need to be doing, I will figure it out. Um, you know, I also think being able to get along with a lot of different personalities. Yes. I mean, it's huge. I, I, every, I mean, from every company or client I've worked with, I mean, I think that like, I'll, I'll pride myself on that. Actually, this was really interesting. Someone asked me when I was dating, we're not getting into that whole thing, but when I was dating back in the day, (laughs) um, this guy asked me, uh, what are three things you really like about yourself? Like it was a very interesting question. And I was, I'm not, I mean, I just, no guy had ever asked me that. And I said, Oh God, I don't like talking positively about myself. Like in my head, I'm like, I don't want to compliment myself. And I was like thinking about it. And one of the things I said was I'm like, it goes along with adapting to any situation. I can get along with anyone. And I actually think that's a really like a cool thing because some people are just rude or they're not, they don't, I think I do have a personality that lends itself to getting along with, with all personalities most personal. It is such a key skill. You have it too. Thank you. (laughs) But I've found that that served me. I used to say I can talk to a wall. Yes. Oh, I've said that a million times. Yeah. And again, this might be rainbows and unicorns and fairies and all of that, but there's something about being able to achieve commonality in a conversation that just eases tension off Mm -hmm. the bat. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of diplomacy mm-hmm. that I think really helps in a work setting. Yeah. And that's why when I started my business, I was joking, I'm going to help make numbers people, people, people. Yes. Yes. I'm going to work with technical people to become people, people. Yes. Because my whole philosophy is that business comes down to three things, clarity, communication, and relationships. So good. So true. So true. Those three things, we overcomplicate them because we're human and we overcomplicate everything. Mm -hmm. But that's what it is. Yeah, it's so true. And I want to go back to something you said earlier about passion. Yes. Because you said when you're in your groove. Yes. You're very passionate. You like what you're doing. How did you find what you're passionate about? It's funny, my... I've mentioned my therapist way too many times on this podcast, but it's funny. My therapist, um, a while, a little while back had me kind of write down everything I'm passionate about and everything mm. I like doing. Um, cause I was kind of figuring out, I was at the point in my career. Where I'm like, what am I doing next? And so I think it comes down to trying things or what gets you excited. Like it, it's kind of like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. And so, but, but you might not know if it's a hell yes. So you tried. And then if it's not like, that's something I also, I've started a lot of projects in my life. At one point I had a, a greeting card line. At one point I was doing, um, I mean, I've done so many different things where like, um, you know, I had my blog, which I still do, but all these different things where sometimes I'm telling you, people would think like, do you have your head screwed on straight? Like I would try so many things, like I'm multi-passionate. And, um, so how you find those passions, you try things and what like lights you up, like I could, um, like pod, whenever I podcast, those are like my favorite days. Like I, like when I'm, and of course being on yours, but when I'm doing my podcast, those are the days I'm so passionate when I can get that podcast out there. When I'm writing, I'm so fulfilled by writing. It's like, ask yourself, like what fulfills you? What makes you smile? And if you don't like it, don't do it. Well, it sounds to you like it's, or it sounds to me like what you're talking about is communication. Yes. You're passionate about communication. And connecting. And connecting. Like I thrive on connection. But that is so clear then why you're such a people person. I guess. 
<laughs> so there it is. We've there cracked is. the code. We've cracked it. We've cracked, We've it. cracked yeah. the code. That's yeah. what makes you yeah. tick. Yeah. No, Julie it's, Lauren. It's a- <laughs> Thank you. Well, but you bring up a really good point, which is that sometimes you just have to throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Oh, yeah. And that you can plan and you can strategize and you can do all that stuff, which is necessary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just don't know until you start the forward motion and get your hands Ex- dirty. And one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given by one of my best guy friends is if you don't know what to do, do nothing. So you don't have to make some like drastic decision or, oh, because I'm interested in uh, knitting, I'm not. But if I'm interested in knitting, um, that needs to become a business. It could also just be a hobby that you do every night. You don't have to like make it a whole spectacle. You don't even have to share it on your social media. So like I've dabbled in so many different things that people don't even know that I, you know, and it's just like, what fulfills you? What makes you smile? What lights you up? That's such a good point too, because I was having a conversation recently with someone who made their passion, their job and they lost their passion for it. Yeah, that can happen. (laughs) And so there is an element of self-awareness in that Mm -hmm. to know where does this fit in my life? Is it a hobby? Is it a career? And if it's a career, that's amazing, but it might not be. But it might not be. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that you've done so many different things. Thank you. You're like my hype woman now. I'm totally yours though. You're, I'm like, I'm obsessed with you. Perfect. (laughs) Love this. The beginning of a wonderful friendship. (laughs) Exactly. So when you think about getting started with projects, Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with the getting started. What helps you take that leap? I just leap. Like I literally, like my body, when I started my podcast in 2018, I was like, I need to do this. I love having conversations with people. I love talking. I love being on a microphone. Uh, And I was like, I'm doing it. I literally, when I have an idea, I'm quite impulsive. Like I've, I've gotten a lot better at that as I've gotten older, but I just do it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to put up an episode and just like run with it. That's not always the best way to go about things. Sometimes you should take a breather, take a beat and then go. But honestly, a lot of the times I'll just start. I, I, I won't, I mean, I'll think, but like, I will just go for it. How are you in terms of continuing things? If I'm passionate about it and or good at it and or into it and or it's lighting me up and fulfilling me, I will not let up. I mean, I get so obsessed, you know, like when I was, I remember this when I was working the dating app, I was so obsessed with my work. I would work all hours of the day, not because I had to, not because I was being for, I just, when you get really into something like you don't, you don't want to sleep. You, you know what I mean? Like you just want to keep going. So if I'm into it, I'll, I, I'll keep going. <laughs> That's funny. I was just having a conversation with someone about maternity leave mm. and how different maternity leave is if you work for a corporation or yourself. Oh yeah. And how, if you work for a corporation, you could see it. One perspective is, oh, this is going to be great. I don't have to go to the office for however many months. Right. And if you work for yourself, it could be the, oh no, I don't want to take the pause. Right. Right. So it goes back to this whole idea of perception is reality. Anyway, what did you do when you had your baby? Your, your, your baby. So it was COVID. You- yeah. It was COVID. Yeah. I will say again, I, I loved where I worked. Um, I was very fortunate looking back. I loved where I worked because of the opportunity I had and the people I worked with. Mm. I loved the people. And frankly, it probably, made me stay there longer than I should have mm-hmm. for the content. Cause the content of the work wasn't fulfilling to me. I get that. Um, but I loved the people. And so there was an element of excitement. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. A, you're going to have a baby and then B, you don't have to deal with the, everything that comes with the job for several months. Right. 
right? So, but it goes back to this idea of if something is fulfilling to you, if it's motivating, if it lights you up, yep. it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. I never understood that saying, do what you love and you Do you understand it now? I do. Yep. Do what you love and you never work a day in your life. It's so true though. So true. I have more energy working for myself doing the work I'm doing now than I think I have in the past 15 years. How cool is that? Like that's pretty special. Everyone should, should try to achieve that, to be that excited. I feel very fortunate. I'm also under no delusion that it comes with a lot of stress. And it also comes in waves. It <laughs> there does. are moments. That I, right, I right. lived abroad for uh, eight months. I lived in London. Yeah. And I always said that there was a constant roller coaster ride of living abroad. There mm-hmm. are very high highs and there and are very low it's, lows. It's um, the quote from the movie Blow. Like when you're up, Such it's never movie. as high, as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you'll be up again. But that's life. It's the ebbs and flows. Like That's such like, a good movie, by the way. It is. With Johnny I, Depp. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's good. I cried like yeah. a baby at the end of that movie. <laughs> cried like a baby. So let me ask. You've been in a lot of different industries. I have. Right? How important do you think for you the actual content of the work is meaning important to me. Like yes. how, um, I would say to your point, people play a big, a big part. Like, yeah. again, I keep going back to dating app cause it was kind of a recent thing. I mean, I'm still best friends with everyone at that company, um, like life friends. And so if I didn't hate my job, but if I did, I probably would have stuck around just because I love the people. But I do think, again, it goes back to passion and what fulfills you and lights you up. I mean, even if you love the people you work with and if you hate what you're, for me at least, if I hated what I was doing, I don't think, I don't, that that's only gonna last so long. That's gonna get old pretty quick, I think. Like, so I would say the content, it is important because I also wanna be able to benefit the company or the client that I'm working with. Um, and I wanna be fulfilled myself. So I would say it's important. I, I, but I also, the people and all of that, plays a big role. I'll tell you why I ask. So from a career coaching perspective, I always tell people when they're thinking of leaving their job or they're thinking, I don't know what to do next to think about things in threes. Mm -hmm. What are the tasks you like doing? Mm -hmm. So I like talking. I like being on a microphone. Mm -hmm. I like presenting. I like answering emails. I like crunching numbers, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. What is the environment you want to be in? So how much flexibility do you need? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to be in the office? Do you want to be out of the office? Mm -hmm. All those things. And then what is the subject matter you want to be talking about? And subject matter means more to some people than other people. And I don't think you can ever get 100% on any of those columns. I would agree. But if you're scoring around like 75%, Mm -hmm. 80% on each of them, it's probably a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. I think they're, it's like, again, going back to, sorry, I talk about dating a lot of my podcasts. When you go about going to dating, no one's perfect. Right. But you want to get, well, you, you figure out what are your, I hate saying deal breakers, but you figure out those things, whether it's work or relationships that you don't want to sacrifice, you don't want to compromise on, and and then you don't. It's and, very similar. Yeah. Because business is a relationship. Right, right. right? Exactly. You exactly. are building long-term relationships and mm-hmm. you have to make sure that your values and your goals are aligned. Yep. It's all the exact same 100%. thing. 100%. Right. So this has been so fun. This, I know I could go for hours. We could, I want to wrap it. We have to wrap, but we have to wrap, but I do want to rapid fire two questions to you. Love rapid fire. Here's my question. What advice would you give to somebody who either doesn't know what they're passionate about or is passionate about 
lots of things. I would say own that, understand that, be okay with like, be like, this is a great, celebrate it, but also do write thing, write down everything you're passionate, write down what lights you up or just write down everything and then cross off the things that don't light you up and don't fulfill you. And then just try, just try some of these things. I mean, again, they don't have to be your career. They can be your hobby. They can just be something you do in your spare time. But I think understanding what you're really good at and where you thrive and also what lights you up and fulfills you. Um, look for those things. I love that you just said that selfishly because one exercise I always give people to do is four quadrants. Mm -hmm. What I'm good at, what I'm not good at, Mm -hmm. what I like, what I don't like. Yeah. And really looking at yourself in the mirror and being very honest with yourself. Be very brutally honest. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Next question. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? God, uh, a lot, uh, mm, that it's okay to be multi-passionate and to wear a lot of hats and that it's okay to not follow the, you know, I had so many friends that just went right into PR, right into finance or right into whatever it was. And my path in life with my career has been zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. And for a while, I clearly still struggle with it sometimes, but for a while I would think that that wasn't a good thing. Like it would have been so much easier if I just went into investment banking and stayed in there, stay there forever, whatever. That's not me. That was never me ever since I was a little girl. So I think, um, I wish I knew then that, you know, it's okay. It's actually like a beautiful thing to kind of have that road be a little zigzag versus a straight and arrow. Well, success is nonlinear. Right. Right. True. And life is nonlinear. I guess you could even say. Yeah, exactly. And you're also talking about being true to yourself. Exactly. And knowing yourself. And I think, no, it's probably just, I wish I had the confidence that I think I finally have gotten as I've gotten older, but I still struggle with it. But the confidence then to know like, A, it was all going to be okay. And B, this is like actually great. Like I'm, I'm, you're doing great. (laughs) That's awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you or find out all the great things you're doing, how can they do that? By Julie Lauren, B-Y, Julie Lauren on all social media. I'm most active on Instagram stories and um, uh, my website, julielauren.com. And my podcast is hashtag no filter and Jacqueline will be coming on it soon enough. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you this for having me. This fun. was so fun. I can't wait till we get lunch next week. I know it'll be great. <laughs> can't wait. Thank you so much though. Of course. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on another episode of Worked Up. Look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. As you can tell, we have great guests joining us on a weekly basis. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave reviews. And please connect with us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting on our website, www.jacquelinebeckconsulting.com or email us at info at jacquelinebeckconsulting.com. That's Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, Beck, B-E-C-K. See you next time.